Greetings and thanks for tuning in to the Hooks Baseball Podcast. This is Michael Coffin speaking from Whataburger Field, where the Astros reserve roster is getting ready in case called upon to help the big league club. And they've certainly been summoned thus far this uh, season early on, a whopping eight players making their big league debuts in the Astros' first six games. Joining us on this week's show, we have former Hooks pitching coach and current Astros pitching coordinator Bill Murphy. We'll also chat with Houston's fundamentals coordinator, Jason Bell, who along with Murph is helping run the show at Astros camp here at Whataburger Field. Also, Astros right-hander Brett Canine will be with us. Canine threw a sim game at the ballpark on Wednesday, so we'll get to chat with him about that particular outing. But first, let's go to infielder Taylor Jones. Mr. Jones made his MLB debut on Sunday, July 26th against the Seattle Mariners. Uh, the club he grew up rooting for as a kid. The six foot seven, 26-year-old from Kent, Washington, enters his fifth year after being picked in the 19th round in 2016 from Gonzaga. He's coming off a, a career a best campaign in which he hit uh, 291, scored 86 runs, belted 22 dingers, and drove in 84 in 125 ball games for the Round Rock Express in 2019. We asked Taylor what it was like to take the field at Minute Maid Park for the first time as a big leaguer. Yeah, it was just, you know, preparing this whole uh, spring and then also during the quarantine with the thought in mind of, you know, just be available. Just be ready, be healthy, and whenever they need you, um, just kind of be ready. And so going into the season, um, I knew that we were coming to Corpus Christi. I was planning on just kind of focusing in on what I had to get better at. And sure enough, it was not even a day in, and I was up there. So it was a cool experience and something I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. And I'm ready to you know, get back here and go back to work and, and do it all over again. Can you take us through about when you found out, who you called, just your process of getting from A to B and then in the lineup at Minute Maid Park? Yeah, so I found out about midnight um, the night before uh, the day I was there. And so I called right away my wife, the family, um, and then it was kind of just pack my stuff back up because I had just gotten into Corpus. And so it was pack my stuff back up and then take off early in the morning. So it was a quick turnaround, got a couple hours of sleep, and, and I was there in Houston. But I had enough adrenaline going on that uh, it didn't matter how much sleep I got, I was ready. So did, did your time in big league spring training and in summer camp in that ballpark itself, did, did that kind of temper the, the blow of, of – not the excitement, but I guess the uh, the emotion and the intimidation factor of being in the big leagues. Yeah, I mean, we were preparing. Obviously, we were doing the inter-squad games. Um, so we were in the ballpark for about three weeks playing games against the big league team. And um, we played an exhibition game in Kansas City. And so as far as the transition, it didn't feel too much different from those games. Um, so that was nice. Obviously, it's different with not having a crowd in the stands, um, a little less electricity. but. It was special nonetheless. Um, when Now when you factor in all of these, these COVID protocols, you mentioned not being able to play in front, of, uh, in front of fans, you know, wearing the face mask inside, 
and having to worry about, can I eat this? Can I not eat that? Is this a, in a container? All these little things that you never would have anticipated you have to consider. How much of that has kind of weighed on you and, and has it been a distraction at all, all these COVID-19 protocols? It hasn't been much of a distraction. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff that's changed uh, since the start of this, but the staff has done a really good job of explaining what we can and can't do um, and making it pretty simple for us as players so we don't really have to change a whole lot about our routine. Obviously, there's things here and there and you're not touching as much stuff and you're being conscious about wearing your mask inside and all that stuff, but um, I don't think it's been too much of a factor for the players and, and kind of disrupting our normal process. Well, speaking of your normal process, your goal, as you said, is to get back to Minute Maid Park and, and do so quickly. Uh, what, what, what were some of your marching orders that were left to you from the big league staff? What are some of the things that, that you're continuing to work on here at Whataburger Field to get you ready to rejoin the Astros? Yeah, it's always just to sure up uh, little parts of your game and, and kind of focus in on what are some holes that you got to get better at. And so obviously at the plate, just kind of stay dialed in as far as uh, making sure my swing is the way I want it to be and defensively just making sure I'm getting enough reps. And, you know, hopefully with all that work, we'll be ready to go the next time I'm up there. Given your big league experience, your banner year last year at Round Rock, What's it like to be back at Whataburger Field? They did a lot of renovations with the batting cage and some in the clubhouse. It must be kind of a surreal experience to come back to some old stomping grounds, huh? Yeah, obviously a lot of good memories here uh, when I played here in 18. So it's nice to be back. A lot has changed as far as the renovations. Like you said, the clubhouse is totally different. I wouldn't even know that I was in the Corpus uh, clubhouse if, if you didn't tell me beforehand. And obviously with the batting cage and all that, really nice. So they did a good job as far as renovating everything. and. It's good to be back here on this field. You know, I'm excited to be here. Astros right-hander Brett Canine has been working out at Whataburger Field as a member of the Astros player pool for 2020. Canine, a right-hander, 23-year-old out of Orange, California, 11th-round pick of the Astros in 2018, played uh, collegiately at Cal State Fullerton, and uh, just had a tremendous year last year, his first full year in pro ball. Uh, went 8-4 and four with a 2.20 ERA over 25 ball games. That includes 15 starts. But he pitched it at three levels, low A quad cities in the Midwest League, high A Fayetteville and the Carolina League, and, of course, finished out the regular season with the hooks in the Texas League. And, and he really impressed with uh, Corpus Christi. He was named Texas League Pitcher of the Week after allowing just one earned run over 10 combined innings and back-to-back -back outings in late August. Overall, the body of work was very good. Held opposition to a, a 216 batting average while striking out 10.5 batters per nine. Also kept the walks down. Canine pitched in an inter-squad game on Wednesday, actually through four innings, and we got to ask uh, Brett how he felt during that particular outing. It's just nice to be able to build up a pitch count again. Um, just get out there and, and, and play ball like like we've all been getting ready for, so it was nice to get out there. How difficult is it to to beef up your intensity out there when facing your teammates, you got coaches behind you? It's kind of a weird circumstance, right? Yeah, um, I mean, when we go out there, we just try to focus with us and the catcher, um, but it's nice to face hitters and to get a, a new look at um, what your teammates are, are working on and everything and things that you're working on in the bullpen. Um, it's just nice to have that competitive aspect. Can you kind of take us through your arsenal today and, and some of the things that, that you were working on about what, how do you want to locate or attack guys? I mean, what, what was the end result for, from that inner squad today? 
Yeah, um, so I'm just working with a four pitch mix right now, fast curve slider change. Um, just trying to keep the, um, the mix of pitches in there and not settle with just one or two of, of my pitches. Um, still a lot to work on, but um, it's nice to be able to see stuff pay off from the work that we've been putting in our, in our practice days. How weird has this kind of period been for you? You go from spring training 1.0, then, then you, you're, you're down for a few months, mm -hmm. and you go back to summer camp, and, yeah. and here you are in alternate site. You know, how have you been able to, to kind of keep your, your physical side in lock as well as the, the mental approach as well? Right. Yeah, um, you just kind of have to roll with it. Um, obviously, there's going to be a lot of things that change over the course of our time here and, and the next however many uh, months. But, uh, yeah, you just kind of have to focus one day at a time. Don't think too far ahead and just know what you have to get done the next day. And then um, you kind of just go from there. And things are always going to change, so you just got to be open-minded. Watching the inner squad today, we, we saw a few of the little wrinkles with the, the COVID stuff, the, your own rosin bag mm -hmm. and so forth. What, what's been the more trickier aspect of, of these protocols for you that, that – Maybe it's not very cumbersome, but you just don't think about it half the time, and it's a, it's just kind of an added element you have to you always have to keep in mind. Yeah, that's exactly the the point. It's it's just stuff you don't even think about. It's just your normal day to day uh, routine, or, or when you go out there and pitch, uh, you don't think about all the things that you're touching and having to rotate that between people, and so everyone has their own uh, set of um, rosin bag towels, like all that stuff. So it. it it's just something, like I said, that we kind of have to roll with and get used to. Um, but yeah, there there will be some mix-ups, and then you just kind of move on from it and, and just try to keep everyone safe. So um, we're, do we're doing what we can. I know the schedules are kind of always evolving, especially here at, at the alternate site. Kind of take us through your next few days after you, you, you threw the inner squad. What's the process for you building back up to that next uh, live BP scenario? Yeah, um, over the next couple of days, we'll just work in our, our catch play routines and um, throw a bullpen in, in a few days and try and uh, tweak a couple things that didn't go as I wanted to in this live outing and then uh, try and build that pitch count up for the next one in five days. So um, it's just something that we kind of communicate with the, the coaching staff and, and how I'm feeling and um, trying to prepare for the next outing. Before we let you go, you know, I, I know we're well into 2020, but looking back at 2019, we haven't really had a chance to talk to you yet. You did a tremendous job of navigating the system, getting up to double A, and had some success here in the Texas League. What was kind of your biggest takeaway from, from last year and in, in your individual performance? Uh, so yeah, it was, it was something very similar to just the open-mindedness. Things, things happen to change uh, over the course of last season, played at the three different levels. So it's just kind of like, uh, new coaching staff, new teammates, just kind of uh, being my own person and, and going out there and just like gelling with everybody and, and, and trying to learn as much as I can. Um, very happy that it, it went well. Jason Bell enters his fourth season with the Astros and is second as Houston's fundamentals coordinator. But in 2020, Bell is really managing the, uh, the Astros uh, camp here at Whataburger Field when Major League Baseball set out upon its season. It enabled the clubs to draw from a 60-man player pool. And those who aren't on the active 30-man roster in the big leagues, at least 30-man roster right now, 30-man roster right now, uh, the remainder of those guys have to work out at an alternate site. 
And for the Astros, that alternate site during summer camp, during the three-week period where Major League Baseball was getting ready for its regular championship season, uh, the Astros were actually training at U of H in Houston at the uh, Cougars' uh, brand-new baseball facility out there, a tremendous complex in and of its own right. But with the regular season upon us now in Major League Baseball, the Astros sending their reserve roster to Corpus Christi, to Whataburger Field. And uh, Jason Bell is a big part of organizing all the schedules, along with the likes of Mickey Story, Round Rock Express manager, coming down from AAA, helping out. And uh, former hook, a, a standout hook, a slick fielding uh, middle infielder and a, and a fan favorite, Vladimir Sutil, also a manager in the Astros minor league system. Sutil is here, along with former Hooks pitching coach Bill Murphy, and really the list goes on and on in terms of the personnel that's here. But we were able to, to catch up with Jason Bell and ask him how the transition uh, has been going from U of H uh, to Whataburger Field here in Corpus Christi. Honestly, the transition's been amazing. You know, the upgrades to the ballpark have made our, our practices so far flow really, really smoothly. You know, enclosing the batting cages, having AC in this heat, and, you know, having the, the bigger weight room is it's going to be crucial, especially when you talk about social distancing and, and all those areas. And, and I think for the, the players' safety and uh, improving, you know, I think that those, those all link up well together. Well, with in terms of the staff, you know, with you, uh, fundamentals coordinator, and then, and then Bill Murphy, the pitching coordinator, kind of running the show, can you give us an idea? I don't need you to name everybody, but just give us an idea of the personnel that the Astros have sent down uh, here for this for this reserve roster to get these guys ready. Yeah, so I think first and foremost, it starts with the athletic trainers. Right now, you know, they have the most challenging of, of jobs with, with all of these. So, you know, we have four athletic trainers that, that are helping us here. You know, John Gregorich, Christian Bermudez, Austin Smith, and Nate Stewart. And, you know, we got Two other managers in, in Mickey's story, Vladimir Sutil, who's, who's a legend around here, you know, from, from living in the area, be, being a really good hooks player. Uh, hitting coaches, we have Ben Rosenthal, Jason Kanzler, and, you know, pitching, pitching guys, we have Bill Murphy and, uh, you, you know, Drew French, as, long as, as well as our strength staff, and um, Mike Myers and Hazel Wesson. So we got a really good staff. We got a, we got a big staff, and um, it's, it's really helpful in, in trying to make sure that these guys are, are ready to go from – you know, a health standpoint, but also like, um, you know, improving their skills and, and trying to get them better at the same time. I know schedules change constantly. Can you give us an overview of the type of, of uh, drills, for lack of a better term, just the, the, the mix of stuff that you guys are doing on a regular basis uh, to get these guys ready when needed? Mm -hmm. So we spend a lot of time doing individualized training. So uh, most of the mornings start out with some type of version of, you know, individual early work for defense and hitting. Um, so they kind of start out the mornings in that direction or they'll do a lift, um, which kind of builds into the day, kind of gets them going. And then, you know, we'll transition to on-field stuff and, and do individual more mass defense, more ground balls, and then kind of transition to an on-field BP if we have it. And, you know, some days we won't um, into an intra-squad. Um, so it kind of depends on, on the pitching per day and, you know, kind of our, our sequence. Uh, we're going to try to go every eighth day or so. That's an off day. But, you know, things can change based on weather and based on, you know, which guys get called up or, or sent down. When people think about inter-squad games and simulation games, uh, it, it's one thing when you, when you have a full roster. It's quite another when you're limited on position players. Yeah. Uh, what are some of the things that you guys are having to do to get creative to simulate that game action? Oh, it's, it's going to be crazy. So we're going to have a lot of the coaches playing defense. We're going to have sometimes we go infielders versus outfielders. 
you know, some, sometimes where we go, you know, four on four and, and do all sorts of crazy different things um, because that is probably the most challenging part because, you know, you can get all the training you want in the cage and such, but it's, it's tough with some of the reads you would want off the bat for, you know, base running reads, defense, cuts and relays. And, you know, I, I think that we'll, we'll try to do the best we can, you know, creativity wise, but it's going to be going to be challenging. And, you know, I, I just hope that we, we do uh, a good job at breaking up, you know, some of the redundancy that, that we might see because, you know, we're going to be at the same field, you know, every day. It's just a way different than how the Texas League normally is or how AAA normally is. So um, it's going to be challenging, but, you know, we have conversations daily about how we can, you know, get better at the schedule make adjustments and, and kind of see, you know, what we can do with the time that we have because the best part is, is we control pretty much all the elements now. You know, if we want an extra 30 minutes here or an extra 30 minutes here, we can make it happen because, you know, we control our own schedule down here, which uh, which is it's nice to have that type of freedom rather than thinking about like, okay, we got a bus ride tonight. You know, we got an earlier game tomorrow. We got a later game, like and trying to plan it that way. Now it's about having an outline planning ahead and then just adjusting based on the circumstances that, you know, with just different roster sizes in the big leagues and, you know, guys coming up and down maybe quickly and, and just kind of adjusting off of that. Well, it's a, it's a vastly different experience for everybody involved, especially the players. How have they responded to the to the you know extra responsibility on them to be safe, to be cautious when they're interacting outside of the ballpark, and and also that keeping that intensity up. That that's a that's a huge element to, to what they have to do to be ready, right? Yeah, I mean they've done a great job so far, and it's like little things as far as even the baseballs. You know, like the coaches wear batting gloves, we pick up the balls. Like we don't really want the players touching the balls they don't have to, but they help kick it into a pile for us to pick it, put it in the buckets and such. And you know we got certain buckets that are for the balls that are used, certain buckets that are the balls that you know haven't been touched yet. And so they've been really great at a lot of those those areas so far. And it's just it's just different. So you know they've been really on board. And you know as far as the intensity, it's been it's been great because you know anything can happen. You know we we've unfortunately seen a, a widespread with the, the Marlin situation, which you know nobody wants to see and. Um, it, it's very sad, but, you know, you never know when that could happen. And I, I think that that kind of lights, uh, you know, a fire a little bit to, to make sure that, you know, everyone, re, you know, remains the same, you know, intensity throughout this, this process. And um, you never know what can happen. So uh, I think these guys know that, you know, they're hungry. They're, they're good players anyways. And so I think um, it's about the consistency in the work ethic to, to make sure that they're ready when they get a chance. Astros pitching coordinator Bill Murphy closes out this week's Hooks Baseball podcast. Murphy has presided over a a strong core of minor league pitchers in the Astros system. They've called upon a bunch this year to make their big league debuts. One of those guys who uh, made his uh, first major league start on Wednesday, Christian Javier, uh, certainly has impressed Javier on Wednesday against the Dodgers held L.A. to just uh, one run on two hits and one walk. He struck out eight over five and two-third frames, giving the Astros some much-needed length. And we asked Murph about what he saw from Javier's outing on Wednesday. Great outing last night against a really good team, a team that will probably compete for a World Series, just very composed, attacked the strike zone a lot, was ahead in count. So I think that's all you can expect from a guy from his debut. Awesome job. I mean, absolutely outstanding. So that was that was really fun to watch last night. And for me, a, a good sign was just seeing how he was filling up that strike zone because when it comes to his stuff, I mean, it you just can't you can't square him up. Yeah, very difficult to square him up. He was ahead in counts all night. It seemed 
in control, did a really nice job minimizing in that last inning. But just really great accomplishment for Christian to get to that point and, and to contribute like that. So that's been really, really fun to watch for all the guys who have, who have been sent up over the last couple of days. A lot has been made about Javier's ride, you know, the ride on his fastball and, and his spin rate. Can you just explain to us kind of the physics of, of what's happening from when he when he releases the ball to, to when it crosses home plate? That's a good question. I, I wish I kind of knew what was going on there. I try to teach it to everybody, but um, it's definitely something interesting that I guess hitters just really can't pick up. But I wish I knew more because I you know try to teach it to everybody, but it's just something that's very fascinating and makes him very unique. I mean, obviously it's it comes a lot. It comes down to his natural ability and just the way that he grips the ball and the way that it comes out of his hand. When you're trying to coach him up on different things as an organization, are you also wary about, you know, you don't want to mess with what's worked for him so far? Absolutely. What makes Christian unique is what makes him very good. So just kind of understanding what his strengths are and then trying to make some of the areas of improvement a little bit stronger, I think, is how we've tried to go about his development over the last year or two. Astros pitching coach Brent Strom was talking about the, uh, the new wave the next phase of Astros pitching and how it was really getting him excited and it made him want to, to keep coaching. He's he added another year to his contract. And you must be very pleased with that with that new wave. You joined the club in 2016, so you've really been on the front lines of all these guys going up. And we've seen eight guys make their big league debut already this year. That's got to make you feel awfully proud. Yeah, I think over the last couple of days, it has made myself very, very happy, but also all the other pitching coaches in our entire organization who put the time and effort into trying to help these players get better. That's been the coolest part, and seeing the emotion that the guys have on the field and being a part of that is really, really cool because all it comes down to is just trying to help the player get to the big leagues and let them live out that dream. So if they're able to do that, that's a really cool thing. Um, so. All our pitching coaches are extremely, extremely happy for all of our guys that we have, and we're excited for what's next. We have a number of other guys who are going to keep going and, and keep getting better. One of those guys who actually threw yesterday, Luis Garcia, we haven't seen him in Corpus Christi in terms of a hook, you know, hooks pitching yet, uh, but you made the comment to me yesterday that he was the most improved pitcher in the Astro system last year. What, what made that the case? So, Lewis had a little bit of a velo jump, and then his, his stuff jumped as well. If I'm recalling correctly, I want to say six of his last seven games in Fayetteville, he had 10 strikeouts or more, so he really went on the run at the end of the year. He had over 150 punch-outs last year in the minor league, so it's going to be really exciting. Um, I know that he works extremely hard. If you're ever able to meet him, he's got a smile on his face every single day. He's super positive, so... I'm very excited to see what's next for him, you know, throughout this journey. When you mentioned smile, I just think of Anoli Paredes, another guy that, that made his, his big league debut this year, and he's pitched very well so far for the Astros and has turned a lot of heads. What makes him so special as a pitcher, Anoli Paredes? Just a lot of energy, a lot of athleticism in the delivery. Um, I did a Fayetteville podcast about a week ago. I said he's got charisma. He definitely does. He's got a presence about him. And... Those are very important things at that level, having the confidence that you can come into any situation and compete. And 
he's shown that he can do that, and he'll continue to show that he can do that. Another guy that, that comes to mind, Brandon Belak, and he's just been kind of the steady Eddie guy that has made improvements each year, and it seems like his confidence level is always really high. What does he bring to the table when he's out there on the mound? I think you saw in the big league debut just a calmness, a demeanor that is difficult to replicate for some people. And he has supreme confidence, like you said. He's come to the organization. He's continued to get better. He's continued to develop, and he's turned himself into a really good pitcher. Um, and you saw that over the debut, and I, I think there's more really good things to come for him. And it's because of the work ethic and you know how he attacks every single day. Astros really relying on their prospects right now in the big leagues and, and, and you guys working them out here at, at the alternate training site. One of those guys that everybody talks about, especially here given his Texas ties, is Forrest Whitley. How has he progressed uh, thus far in, in, in camp? Forrest has been looking really good. I think he's excited. You know, he's ready for the opportunity, but he has just continued to progress and continue to just handle what he can handle and try to get better every single day. He, he's been a pleasure to work with so far. We've seen a, a rash of injuries all over the big leagues, and a lot of people are are noting the, the three-week ramp-up and the short turnaround time to the regular season. It's a challenge right now to keep these, these pitchers healthy. What are some of the things that you guys are doing down here to ensure that not only are the guys getting ready for the big leagues when they're called, but maintaining their health, making sure that they're just simply available? Right. Great question. I think just checking in on them every single day, seeing how they feel, seeing what they need, um, if it's a bullpen, if it's a little lighter day, monitoring pitch counts, just being aware of everything that comes into play and just being as safe as you possibly can and um, making sure that the guys understand that you don't want them to push themselves or to put themselves in hard, harm's way is the biggest thing. Murph, one, one more question before we let you go. We talked to Brett Kanine yesterday, and here's a guy that, that went up three levels in the Astros system, low A, high A, double A. Not only did he get to double A, but he was named Pitcher of the Week uh, in, in late August for a couple of fantastic outings. Seems like a great guy to talk with and obviously is, is, is very good on the mound. We saw him pitch four innings yesterday in, in an inter-squad game. Uh, how is he doing thus far in camp? Very well. He's tip, typical Brett. Attacks the strike zone, has good stuff as well, works extremely hard, is, is just focused on what he needs to do to get better. A very similar demeanor, actually, to Brendan Belak, which we just talked about. So, you know, Brett's time is going to come, and he'll be ready for it. There's no doubt about it, and it's because of how he handles himself on a daily basis and how he's continuing to try to improve at, at every stop. So, uh, I'm excited for Brett's future. Well, I apologize. I have one more question. What were you more excited about in terms of coming back to Corpus Christi, coming to the ballpark, or, or getting to go to Hester's? What was so? What? That's a great question. I wish that we weren't in this current world situation and my answer would have been to go to Hester's but I don't think I'll be headed there um, at the moment I, I'm just takeaway you can do takeaway no no, no takeaway I just right. I've been going to the hotel and coming coming to the field and doing that but Hester's is a great place in 2018 I went every single home game so um, <laughs> it's it's a fantastic Corpus Christi establishment but cur currently trying to keep everybody safe cold brew on tap yep that's very true that's going to do it for this week's installment of the Hooks Baseball Podcast. A big thanks to our special guest, infielder Taylor Jones, right-handed pitcher Brett Canine, Astros Fundamentals Coordinator Jason Bell, and Houston's Pitching Coordinator Bill Murphy. 
Make sure to subscribe to the Hooks Baseball Podcast to get the very latest on what's happening at Whataburger Field during Astros Camp 2020. Big thanks to uh, all the folks who have made this uh, podcast possible as well, Uh, in particular Amy Johnson and Alex Sanchez working hard all week long at the ballpark by the bay. So for Alex and Amy, this is Michael Coffin saying so long, mask up and be kind, and we'll see you next week.